Yeah, what's up? I'ma kick it with mine, y'all know. Yo, Slim, can I kick it like Here we go. Well, it's time to make that change. People of the world today are fading. All of us have our ups and downs. You better think about it or you won't be around. What we need is a little bit of love. Send by one from heaven up above. Take a pity, it's simple and plain. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. And welcome to the Saturday, September 16th edition of the most powerful show on the radio, the Church Information and Open Forum Show on KNON 89.3 FM, hosted by the Reverend Marion Barnett Sr. Reverend Barnett is doing well as he recovers from his procedure and he's now moved into therapy. So we want to wish Reverend Barnett the best and uh, we'd like to have as many listeners as possible to send him some get well cards to the station let me pull up the address. Send them to the Reverend Marion Barnett Sr., care of KNON, 13154 Coit, COIT Road, Suite 200. Dallas, Texas, seven five two four zero. That's one three one five four Coit Road, Suite two hundred, Dallas, Texas, seven five two four zero. And you can get the address from the website knon.org. Okay, we've got a few things we want to talk about in the Reverend's absence, and. Uh, we want you to know that we are the voice of the people. You can call in at 972-647-1893. That's 972-647-1893. And you can join the discussion. Um, let's start off from the journalistic perspective. We have several issues that we want to uh, put out there and get some feedback. In addition to that, you callers are welcome to call in and talk about what you think about what's going on in the world today. Um, I wanted to start off this morning with the Dallas Independent School District. Um, I went to a forum this past Monday where the superintendent was there and we expected to be able to ask her some questions, in particular about a topic I'll bring up in a few seconds. But the line of questioning was restricted to purely educational questions. And considering DISD has a billion dollar plus annual budget, and 150,000 students. There are things that 
from the journalistic perspective, we won't have answered for the knowledge of the general public. So, what I wanted to do is ask these questions and if anyone has any insight or information concerning these issues that I'm about to bring up, uh, please call in to 972-647-1893 and tell us what you think. Um, journalist in a free society are essential and particularly unbought, unbiased, unabashed journalists. Because in communist countries, you can't question the government. You can't question business. But in this democracy, journalism can be the watchdog to see what's going on in government and business and other facets of society and then they can report to the public what they see and as John Lewis so appropriately put it when you see something say something so what does this have to do with DISD well there was an athletic director in place at DISD and for some reason which I'm not privy to which I would love to be privy to she is not there anymore directly under her at the assistant athletic director level there was an African American man who'd been there 30 some 32 years going to the website he has 32 years experience uh in the normal expectation of how these employment chain of commands work, you would think that uh, the interim would be the gentleman who was next in line. And then you would do a full-fledged employment search to uh, get the permanent replacement. However, To my dismay, um, a person from another persuasion, a different point of a point of reference, was brought in. And what we're trying to find out is why wasn't the number two man moved up to number one for this interim position, particularly from the African-American male perspective. When we pay our dues, we expect to get rewarded. And that did not happen. And was this person Latino that was brought in? And is that how things are done at DISD? Because that's not fairness. That's not equity. And so we want to get someone to call in and tell us what the process was at 972-647-1893 so that we can have clarity. Because 
you know, African Americans deserve fairness and equity just like everybody else does. Pierre, do we have a caller? All right, uh, we have uh, Lisa on line one now. Good morning, Miss Lisa. Hey, good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing great, as Tony the Tiger says. Hey, you had your bowl of cereal this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I had a <laughs> sausage biscuit. Uh, you know what gets on my nerves is this. There are good cops and there are bad cops. Okay, you've probably, probably seen on the media that there's this young black, black man, okay, who is insane, starting to kill himself. And his sister called the police. Police didn't come out and help this. I agree for these people. I really do. My heart goes out to these people. Um, why do these po these police officers have to use deadly force on the man? He could. They could have just shot him in the arm, shot him in the leg. But come on, to shoot a man like that—that that is wrong. Completely wrong. In so many so many levels. You know. Yes. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and so I'm scared of the police right now. Okay. They said no matter what race you do, we're right. <laughs> First thing. You know? Really? You know? Why do they got to use deadly force? It's, uh, it's unnecessary to do deadly force on something like that. Like I said, they could just shoot, shoot a gun. I mean, they could just... He didn't even have a firearm. He didn't have a weapon. Yes. Now, now that you mention that, another topic I wanted to bring up was I have a Dallas Morning News article that's dated the 16th. Uh, a man died in Dallas 10 months ago in a hospital in hospital police custody is now ruled a homicide. Uh -huh. So this is another African-American male in police custody who died mysteriously and now it's ruled a homicide. Now, I mean, Black Lives Matter well, maybe black lives don't matter. Well, yes, they do. Black lives does matter. I support them 100%. And I'm like, you know, my neighborhood is majority black and white, it's all mixed. But it's just to the right. Okay, we all bleed the same color. Hello. Yes. We all, we all came from Adam and Eve. Hello. Yes. We, all, we need to flock together. You know? Mm -hmm. And I don't see it. I just hope these cops get something back at the time. Um, I, I just, like I said, I mean, that's just not me. I'm a Christian, but the only thing is, I mean, they don't deserve a, a right to keep somebody down like that. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Right. Uh, this young man, Kenneth Knotts, uh, the medical examiner offered, excuse me, the medical examiner's office ruled Kenneth Knotts' death, a homicide caused by sudden cardiac arrest due to law enforcement physical restraining in a semi-prone position. 
So evidently he was under the control of law enforcement and because of the strength or power of whatever it was that they used to restrain him, he had a heart attack. Mm -hmm. His heart stopped. Well, wasn't it, if they wanted to restrain him, how come they didn't use the taser? Well, you know, I've, I've, I have a friend that did 32 years at Dallas as a Dallas police officer. And he'd never had any incidents like that. So it's a problem, particularly when you see it happening over and over to African-Americans in general and African-American men in particular. So anybody wants to comment on that also, 972-647-1893 is the number to call in because this is an important topic. These topics are important because it could be you next. Thank you very much, sir. Have a good day. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. And we've got a bunch of lines freed up. 972-647-1893. And let's get back to DISD. There are four African-American school board electees. And they were elected to ensure fairness, equity, and equality for the district as a whole. And that includes African Americans. So I would like to get some kind of an idea of going forward how these positions are going to be filled and what procedure is going to be put in place to make sure that fairness and equity is ensured? Because to me, this wasn't fair. But, you know, I am an African-American man, so I very well could be biased when I see something that doesn't seem like it was right. In addition, when I talk to people who are associated with schools, high schools rather, and they talk about revenue sharing. When we talk about teams that go to state championships and different levels of achievement in sports, and they bring in considerable revenue to the district what is the revenue sharing plan that the district has? And how much does each school get from that revenue? For example, South Oak Cliff High School and Kimball High School. They both won state championships last year. There were over 40,000 people at AT&T Stadium. The basketball arena where Kimball played their championship. How's the revenue that these schools create distributed to the schools that create the revenue with their achievement, with their excellence? So can someone give me some insight on that? 972-647-1893 is the number. All right. 
So again, we want all the listeners to call in. Excuse me, to send send their cards to the station to wish Reverend Barnett a speedy recovery. The address again is Reverend Marion Barnett, care of KNON, 13154 Court Road, Suite 200, Dallas, Texas, 75240. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit while we're waiting on callers about what's going on in the Texas legislature. So we have our Texas Trump, Ken Paxton. He's been impeached. And this impeachment proceeding is being led primarily by his Republican Party fellows. What do you think about that? Doesn't it kind of remind you of what's going on with Donald Trump? Uh, did you see Ken Paxton's mistress in court? <laughs> and I was kind of, this is for real. Like, for real, for real. He's actually got a mistress that had to come to court. And although she didn't testify, we saw her. And they're saying that uh, he used his office to do things for his mistress. And this is just, what's going on here? And it's time for us to take our first break. So we'll discuss this and other things when we when we right when we come right back. I need to swallow water on KNON 89.3 FM, the voice of the people. Yeah, what's up? And we're back with the voice of the people. KNON. And Church Information Open Forum. Uh, getting back to Ken Paxson. The Attorney General, from what I was always taught, was the Chief Law Enforcement Officer in the state. Now, it's somewhat disconcerting when all these different, I don't know, 20 or so Articles of impeachment are presented against the chief law enforcement officer in the state. Uh, it's kind of what's going on here. Okay, Pierre says we have a caller. And we have a Tony on the line one now. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great, and so is the Reverend Barnett. That's great. That's great. I keep giving prayers up. 
I'm gonna try to hit these two subjects real quick. Go right ahead. SD and and um, Tim Paxton. Mm-hmm. First of all, you know, you know, you do have four representatives, and in any elected body, you have, I think, I forgot how many is actually on the board. You forgot what now? You know, I, I said, uh, I forgot how many people are on the school board. Nine. Nine. Hmm? Now, in those nine, the whole thing is to build a coalition to say, hey, this is what we should have equitably. Mm-hmm. But the idea has always been a money-making business. North Dallas, Highland Park, specifically, wants to control that budget. Mm. They have always controlled that budget. Mm. So with that, that budget, it comes with contracts for us to build a new building, mm-hmm. contracts for us in food services, contracts for us um, educational um, material. Mm-hmm. They have a billion dollar budget. Uh, and then they have a, a bond election that's billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no equity about it. It's about power. Mm. And long as, long as North Dallas has control and has has power over that budget it will never be equity. I don't care if you had nine or more on there mm. you know mm. now to stay with it and to Ken Paxton they've always taught the American citizen that law and order was king of the day well what we found out with the last president and, and this Ken Paxton is law ain't never been for people who have power mm. it's always been for the people who haven't had the people who don't have power, which are the working class, a large portion of the middle class, uh-huh. poor. And so the thing is this, now you understand that America has never been, been governed by laws, it's been controlled by the rich. Uh-huh. And so you have a person who has has been indicted and supposed to have been in court almost nine years ago. Right. And, 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 and so just has been denied because he's a public official. Right. And he's a public official that's over the, the, the state attorney. And it goes back to power. Right. Part of the issue you have in America right now is white power. And I, when I say white power, not, not the whole white community. It is that small percentage with, you know, the part of 1% that says this. I don't want to share anything. Right. I don't want to share the wealth because guess what? I want to offer myself. <laughs> I don't want to share the resources to education to uh, you know, we have we have we have uh, we have uh, union people uh, fighting for equitable pay on strike, right? Mm-hmm. On strike, but guess what? You got you got CEOs coming out saying we can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. one breath you said you can't afford it, but your check is pretty nice, right? Right, three hundred uh, twenty-five million dollars. So my point is. Is by power, right? And, the, and and what is used as a wedge in in a, in a poor community is this: black, white racism covers the multitude of sins that the minority of white rich people understand. Okay, because they don't care about they don't care about poor whites. They don't. Mm. Sexism is used as as a wedge. Oh, abortion, not abortion. Religion is used. Okay. What they do is they use these devices. So, both cases, what you're talking about, equity and sharing, will never happen because of power. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. And we honor you with that. All right. Thank you very much for your call and comment. That frees up a line. 972-647-1893 is the number. And who do we have? All right. Uh, we have... Uh, Concerned Citizen. Concerned Citizen on the line three. Concerned Citizen. Yes. You're on the air. Hello, Concerned Citizen. Uh, we got disconnected with him. Oh, okay. He can call us back. Yes, you can call us back at 972-647-1893 and join the discussion. And you can talk about what you want to talk about because this is the voice of the people. KNON 89.3 FM on your radio dial and KNON.org if you have to stream or want to stream. All right, now let's go a little deeper into the Dallas Independent School District, and I wish somebody with some insight, perhaps Ms. Foreman, perhaps Mr. Maxie Johnson, could call in and explain to us how these processes work. Um, there are four African-American school board representatives, and the reason they were elected was to represent the constituency, the students, the parents, the administrators, and make sure of fairness and equity. So we would like to hear from them as to what their position is on these topics. Equity and fairness and distribution of earned revenues by these schools. Looks like the lines are lighting up. Who do we have next, uh, Pierre? Uh, we're about to have someone. We, we are taking uh, the name. Okay. So we're trying to get someone who's ready on. Uh, we have Lewis on line three. Good morning, Lewis. Good morning. How you doing this morning? You guys hear me pretty good? Yes, we do. Okay, uh, first thing, that, that little old, uh, statue they have of that, uh, lady with the blindfold and the two scales and stuff. Mm hmm What they call that, Lady Liberty, I guess, or Lady Justice. Scales of Justice, uh-huh. After uh, looking at I, I've been sitting up watching that uh, Ken Paxton trial. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched every day of that stuff, man. And looking at all this police injustice and this stupid crap with Donald Trump, <laughs> then sitting up there looking at this stuff, man, justice. Somebody needs to go go to that statue and slap that that dumb blindfold <laughs> off that that dumb thing, and, uh, so this fool could see what the hell is going on with this so-called justice. In America. Ah, that's man, funny. You need to watch that crap, man. That stuff is a complete joke. That's oh. Guilty as that dumb sin. And they got this old slick haired, doggone white dude up there, which is real good. <laughs> that's uh, defending this crap. He's real good. He reminds me of that guy in that movie, A Time to Kill. He's real slick talking. And okay. He's good. And he can make you think of this dude. He's <laughs> 
That's how good he is. Uh huh. Uh huh. But man, this dude is guilty as dog don't see it. And it's crazy how this American justice system is right now. Mm. So somebody needs to go, like I say, slap that blindfold off that doggone thing. <laughs> Thank you for taking my call, sir. You're quite welcome. Thank you for calling and commenting. Uh, You're very profound on that one. All right. That frees up a line. Uh, Who do we have, DeAndre? Uh, We have Mike on line four. Good morning, Mike. Hello. You're on. We got you. We hear you. How you doing? I'm doing. How you doing? All right. Um, well, I mean, the question about the subject about DISD, you know, don't they have a, a Latin superintendent? Absolutely. Okay, then, that answers the question. That oh. answers the reason why, you know, the uh, black person wasn't promoted. That's just that simple. I mean, Tony said it there. Mm. about power. Okay. You know, you think equity and diversity and inclusion and all this stuff, you can't get that without no power. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know I mean? How long is black people going to keep begging, you know, for that? Mm-hmm. All right. Is that what if you're saying? Econo- if we had economic strength, we would already have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which we have never had. Yeah, you know. And and one thing I want to say, you know, I want to know why, you know, seem like black so-called intellectuals, you know, are they banned from saying black man or black people? They have to use African-American. Uh, you know something? Surreptitiously, they very well could be. And what do I mean by that? K-N-O-N is unbought and unbossed because the hosts and DJs are volunteers and the proceeds to pay for the station's maintenance and upkeep and operation are donated by listeners like yourself who feel like we're doing a good job. But when you deal with commercial media, the host and the journalist and the DJs, they have a boss. And if they do something their boss doesn't like, the boss says you're fired. If they say something that the commercial sponsors don't like, they say we'll pull our ads. Okay. Isn't it, I mean, isn't it funny? Would you agree that you know, with all the, uh, you know, the researchers and the historians, you know, the origins of man was um, discovered in Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So that means the whole human race is African, right? From its inception, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? So why is black people the only one stupid enough to be called African-Americans? Why are there no African Italians, uh, African Chinese, uh, African Russians, uh, African Germans? Okay, if you want me to respond, I I have a response. African Americans. Uh, 
have you ever heard the word Italian American, German American? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's within the same context. No, it's not. Okay. No, it's not because Italians are technically Africans too, because the whole human race originated from Africa. I understand your point, but the context that I just explained has some level of accuracy, okay? See, you and Elon Musk are the same. Elon Musk is African-American, and you're African-American. I'm not. I'm a black American. That's acceptable. There's no, there's no problem with that, uh, that terminology. There's no problem with that. You know, and one last thing. You ever heard of that? Uh, there's an online newspaper called the Dallas Express. No, I'm not familiar with that one. Okay, well, they write, they send out articles every day online, and they are trying to blame the District 4 uh, school board representative, Camille White. I don't know the lady, ain't never met the lady, but I'm going to say something anytime I see something wrong. Mm-hmm. That She's been in office, she was elected May... 2022. She okay. came in to, you know, a trustee. May mm-hmm. 2022. Okay. And so, May 2023 was her first year. She completed her first year. Okay. And, and that paper is trying to blame her for the school failings in her district that had already failed day one that she took office. Okay. You know, so I'm saying something about it because I know other people maybe listen to this station that know her, you know, and I know George Foreman, you know, she is, you know, a school board trustee. Mm-hmm. So they both are colleagues, you know. And I'm going to say something, you know, because there was a Mexican, you know, a Garcia lady that was the trustee years before this white got there. So I'm going to put the blame on who was there. Those schools failed up under Garcia, not Miss White. Okay. That's that's an accurate assessment. The schools were already failing. Okay. And, you know, hope so, because, you know, these these old racist papers and stuff, they'll do that, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when Obama came in, you know, the economy was in, you know, the pits, and they wanted to blame Obama. That's so right. So I got here, you blame Bush. You know, but thank you for taking my call. Hope the rail get better. All right. Thank you for your call and comment. That frees another lineup, 972-647-1893. Uh, we have Bobby on line one. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning, Bobby. Good morning. You're on KNON. Beg your pardon? I just want to throw this out here. I'm old. Can you do a little something to make yourself a little bit more clearer? Because we really can't quite quite make it out what you're saying. Um, good morning. Now we got it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful show. Thank you. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out. We went through this. I'm almost 80 years old. So I went to Vietnam, got out, shot up, number. Okay. Thank you for your service. All right. Thank you. Um, I just want to throw this out since the gentleman uh, started talking about Africa. Uh, Elijah Muhammad, Malcolm X, 
and Muhammad Ali, all said, will always be the end. Will always be the end. So, since we're going to always be the end, we can't get along in this country. We're never going to get justice. They all said that in 62. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, if we had a took Malcolm and Elijah and Muhammad Ali advised, went to West Africa, if they made a this reparation, subsidized us, bought us a machinery, it's got to be in West Africa, it's got to be next to the ocean. Let us do our own manufacturing, buy us today and pay for it. Subsidize us like they do Israel for 25 years. If they want to, by 25 years, we should be on our feet. Thriving. Okay? Raise our own picture can you can you hold your thought until we get back from this short break and we'll bring you right back okay just hold on and this is KNON 89.3 FM the voice of the people we'll be right back yeah what's up I'm gonna kick it with mine y'all know here we go and we're back with more church information open forum on KNON 89.3 FM, the most powerful show on the radio. And let's go back to our previous caller, Pierre. Are you still there, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Now you can go ahead and finish on up. I want to give you time to get your, get your thoughts in. Okay. I just want your opinion on this. Close your eyes and imagine this. We're okay. in West Africa. It's close to West Africa. We're starting from scratch. We're not blending in with Africans. We're a whole different thing over there on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We've got five years. We're our food. We're producing our own cars. We're producing our own meat. We're growing our own vegetables. It's got to be fertilizer. Okay. Now, they didn't want to do that. First of all, we should subsidize us 25 years. After 25 years, we should be self-sufficient. Okay. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. we don't to do that, give us a deal for what they allotted over the 25 years with an interest rate no greater than 3%. Mm-hmm. And we can gradually pay that back. Mm-hmm. This is my opinion. I think you should have took, uh, took Malcolm and Elijah to Muhammad Ali's advice and went to West Africa. I would not, Tony kind of t- touched on it, but he said power and justice. Look what happened! Look what happened up in Memphis. Those two senators, those two black senators up in Memphis. Right. Mm-hmm. And the white lady. And stay in your place. Mr. N, stay in your place. We run this. Right. Only touched on. Right. Oh, power, power, power. We're never gonna get it. Mm-hmm. We're never, we're never, we're never. We went through this. We went through this after World War One. That they hung. Soldiers in their uniform, Georgia, Minnesota, and Texas. Mm-hmm. That's well, right. So we didn't get we didn't get the benefits to white folks got. No, they got home, home, went to college. Mm-hmm. And they talking about pulling yourself up for this. Give up some boots to put on. Right. And maybe, just maybe, Tulsa, the Black Wall Street was mm-hmm. perfectly got jealous and bombed. Mm-hmm. Minor issues should have been settled in court or whatever. They destroyed the whole town. Mm-hmm. So, and then all like, you know, we, we, we just uh, said, well, what's the use? We gave up. I just want your opinion on that. Do you think we would have been better off in Africa since we ain't going to never be accepted? 
power equal terms, even if we vote and get our representatives in power, they still got to move around their lips. They can't cross this line. <laughs> well, uh, uh, wasn't that, didn't Marcus Garvey propose something like that also? Yes, sir. Okay. So, had we been allowed to do that then, if you want to, my opinion, there would have still been colonial intervention in some form or fashion because for some reason, European people, white-skinned people, do not like black people in general, black men in particular, because how often, how many years of abuse do we have to undergo before we wake up and smell the coffee that these people do not like us for whatever their reasons are? Now, let me dig a little deeper in this. Africa, the continent of Africa, people from Africa has never attacked the United States. Okay? Japan attacked the United States. Germany attacked the United States. But these people were rebuilt by the United States. Right? Yes, sir. Okay, but Africa, a country who's done nothing to the United States except contribute labor, contribute resources, is still treated as an enemy. So what are we saying? We're saying why? Well, at this point in time, we're not trying to figure out why. We're trying to figure out how we're going to respond to it. So going forward, we're going to have to come up with a strategy to try to survive in a world dominated by people who don't like us. Is that Does that do anything for you? Yes, sir. I will, I will ask you one more question when we get off there. Okay. Since we're not going to be ever accepted in this country, I truly believe we got a small shot at getting out of this country. I don't, I want your opinion on this. Is it too late for the proposal I just laid on the table to be implemented? To be honest with you, I don't think it can be implemented today in today's world like it may have been able to be implemented when it was first proposed because of a number of reasons. So for the sake of all the other callers we have waiting, uh, thank you for your call and comment. And please call back in next next time. Uh, We welcome your call. And thank you very much. Have a wonderful weekend. You too. That clears up the line. 972-647-1893. Who do we have, Pierre? And we have Imani on the line two. Good morning, Imani. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, brother. How you doing? I'm doing. It's, it's always great to hear you. It's always, it's always good to hear you too, brother. And the station I've, I've been listening to for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Most. Mm-hmm. Supporting, supporting. Too. That's right. So, yes, you have. Yes, yeah, so I, I, I put a lot of money in there. But uh, I'm like that brother. It'll be a Vietnam veteran too, Army, Navy, two honorable discharges, great grandchildren. Thank you for and your service. I, I, I've been 
behind him. And they, the same game they played with us for years and years and years and years. We keep voting for the donkey and the, and the monkey. I mean, and the elephant. <laughs> and we never get anything. And, uh, but we got to, to somewhere before we get out of here, we got to realize how we're going to have to get out of this thing. You know, he was talking about Elijah Muhammad. If you read the back of that, that paper, the final call, they, they talk about that, but I don't know if that's practical because we built the country. But uh, we at Power Knowledge Corporation is talking about that now. I think taking here in Dallas, the DFW area, Power Knowledge under Dr. Claude Anderson, mm -hmm. Dr. Boyd Watkins, Ice Cube, we are discussing that too. Well, well if, I don't think they'll ever we'll ever get along with them. So, and they're not going to ever respect us. And um, we've been here a long time. We've been seeing we've been in the 60s when they're murdering our people wholesale and killing them. And every time they, they you know, they had all kinds of excuses. We have to separate some kind of way. Uh, we got to just for survival because the the doctor. Uh, in a, a book out there, a little book I'm reading, I read several times, Dr. Henry Wright. You ever read a book called Patrick, oh, uh, Patrick, uh, oh man, I can't write on top of here. But in other words, Psychopathic Personality, that's the name of the book. Okay. You can buy it back in Read the book. And what the book was stating is saying, you're dealing with some psychopathic people. Mm -hmm. You're never going to do it right. It can't be right. Okay. They can't even if they wanted to, they couldn't be right because it's in their in, in their nature. So we don't have to discuss this. Everybody has to be a part of this because if they keep killing us wholesale and taking over our communities, run police is herding us out of out of herding us all over town, and and and, and you know, other people that's coming in is taking over. We're not even we fourth fifth class citizen, Doctor Anderson said. And that that is what the book is about. Black label, white wealth. Mm -hmm. We little label and say, "Hey, they don't want us here," and and we got uh, and the only way I we see that out of this is we got to get paid, you know. Mm -hmm. So we got to go to court with Dr. Anderson. We have a lawsuit now. We have to go to court and make them pay us for the free labor we gave for three hundred years. Mm -hmm. We okay. have to do it. We got to do like Trump. Get us some lawyers. So we got some, we got, Dr. Anderson just got a million dollars the other day. We have to get to go to court and make them, and make them use the justice system for jobs and justice. That's the only way. Because they never, 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 never going to stop murdering our people and killing us wholesale. So, you know, I don't want to, I love everybody, but sooner or later we got to love ourselves, okay? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Now let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's talk about reparations for, for a minute. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the professor from Duke University on the 1619 Project said that as a baseline, uh, each of the 40 million African-American, excuse me, each of the 40 million descendants of African-American slaves should get $350,000 a piece. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, the lady who created the 1619 Project, and her name escapes me uh, right now, said that, well, that's a su substantial amount of money, and how would, uh, how, would that, how would the United States government come up with it? And the professor said through a stimulus, just like what they've done m multiple times in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. now, 
that's a viable option. He's laid out the the blueprint, the framework for how to re- repair us economically. However, there's going to be opposition because the right wingers, the Republicans, the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the MAGA, Super MAGA, Ultra MAGAs, all these different right wing groups that, in my opinion, are code labeled Ku Klux Klan mm-hmm. are going to say, no, we don't want anything or everything is equal now, et cetera, et cetera. So from my position, mm-hmm. I think that as you gentlemen are doing with your powernomics group, I think mm-hmm. that African-Americans should start, how did you say, I want to find an African-American-owned and operated cleaners or a drugstore or a doctor or a tire shop or et cetera, et cetera, as much as possible and see if we can uh, drive enough dollars to our community to where uh, the overall economy will start noticing it. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Right, I'm with you. And, and then we can say, well, uh, we have no other choice. We're not getting justice any other way. Now, remember, we had a civil rights movement, and we came together, and we got the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act. So we already have a blueprint. What we have to do is just start building the house. Right. So what do you think about that? Well, first of all, the 1965 Civil Rights Act, when they give, just like the 13th Amendment, they gave it to us. Mm-hmm. They take it back. Uh, the first people they told me that the uh, uh, civil rights movement was the women, their own women. Mm-hmm. The women that part of our, every time they give us something, they put the gays, the women, the cripples, the midgets, everybody on every time they give it to us. <laughs> they dilute it. Yeah, they dilute it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's, it's a shame that I fought for this country and all these, and we, if we had the money that they spent on these wars, Afghanistan, we, and right now the war has been there, we'd be all right. But here's the they uh, every time they give us something, they take, they it, take back it back. Mm-hmm. I see your point. So we got yeah, yeah. So we, they could they could give us the money, but I wouldn't give a bunch of black people right now a bunch of money because that'd be gold teeth and cars and sagging big bitches and tattoos all over town. So I would never do that because they they're not ready for that. They got to be educated. So uh, uh, right now we're discussing maybe land because land don't go anywhere. And we can't, and we get it right now, right? Like they give us that, we talk about, we talk, really we said 13 trillion, that's what we talk about. At 13 trillion. Now, if they give us a little money, they just been on this war, they couldn't go, they have now. They could, that'd be a start, but you're talking about 300,000 or something. But what they, they're not, not going to be able to do it. If we get land, that's what we need, land, and put our people back to work on our own land, that's what we need. Because land is uh, something you can't get rid of. I mean, they can't. Our people will take that. Man, I'm telling you, they give that money, you know, cars all over. They're going to go right back and give it right back to these people. We can't do that right now. All right. Well, uh, you know, I have this saying, you know, 
give me my money and let me make the decisions. But I appreciate right. your call and your comment because we've got somebody else waiting. And we know you're going to call back and contribute like you normally do. So thank you for your call and comment. Well, thank you very much. But you're a good brother. And I appreciate you doing a great show. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. That clears up a line. Uh, so do we have the barrister, Pierre? Yes, uh, Malcolm Robinson is on line four. Good morning, Attorney Robinson. Good morning. And uh, how are you doing this morning? Uh, Rev. Barnett is doing well in therapy. Uh, good. I'm glad he's uh, making progress. So, um, how, uh, wait a minute. I think I got the radio too high. But go ahead. All right, you on. Oh, okay. Um, I was uh, calling because the situation on the reparations. Mm -hmm. From my um, uh, assessment, okay, reparations can be paid for from the businesses, the individuals who <clears throat> benefit from the slave labor. Okay. So, there are um, slaves uh, made contributions. Those contributions were used to establish business interests, uh, individual legal interests, and those persons on those businesses have been beneficiaries of uh, the slave labor all these years. Mm -hmm. Free labor. Mm -hmm. Free labor. So, For centuries. that have benefited over all these years mm -hmm. are the ones that, that would uh, be assessed the amount for reparation. Okay. And they can identify the businesses very easily and the individuals very easily. Mm-hmm. And a lot, some of them have business interests, some of them have financial interests, mm -hmm. some of them have uh, legal interests and entities, and, um, and they are continuing to, to benefit now. Right. So those are the, uh, the persons who can easily be identified and be assessed what is necessary to pay the reparations. Okay. All right. And uh, government also was complicit in slavery. What do you think their part should be in uh, funding reparations? Oh, I hear I hear the music. It's the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Barrister, can you hang on uh, yes. for a couple of minutes till we do this yes. top of the hour break? And we'll be right back. With more church information, open forum, the most powerful show on the radio on KNON 89.3 FM or knonorg.org streaming. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? And we're back for our second hour of the most powerful show on the radio, Church Information Open Forum, hosted by and founded by 
the Reverend Marion Barnett Sr. All right, Attorney Robinson, are you still with us? Yes. All right. Okay, now we were we were looking for your response to what I was saying about the culpability of government in the institution of slavery and how they should be a part of the reparations funding process. Well, government should play the same role uh, now that they played then. Uh, and what I mean by that is the government, government itself. Now, we're not talking about the same elected officials and all that. Uh-huh. But uh, they, government helped to facilitate and approve uh, legalized slavery. So they can play the same role. I, I, I if I'm understanding your question, right, mm-hmm. right. Uh, they, they are they are part and parcel to that institution, and yeah. uh, government, along with private industry, private business, private commerce, were all complicit in the creation of revenue by slave labor. Right. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Well, you know, slave uh, slavery was endorsed by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to remember that. Remember Dred Scott. Okay. Okay. So the Constitution played a role because it approved and endorsed slavery. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we have to understand that. Okay. Because uh, what Dred Scott's position legally was that that slavery approved it, and therefore the slave had no rights that a, that a white person had to respect. Because they were slaves. Mm. They wasn't considered they, us, our ancestors, were not considered anything other than slaves under the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's hard for us to realize and accept that. <laughs> because we would like to think that the Constitution, which is the the foundation of the laws and rights of individuals had a positive role for black people. No. The role was a slave. Hmm. Shadow. Property. Ah, okay. Okay. So, we can't look, we can't look uh, for the government to do anything other than what the Constitution says. Right. Mm-hmm. Just remember Dred Scott. Okay. All right. Is there anything else you want to say? Well, I don't... Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I think <that's> <laughs> you think you, you summed it up. Well, thank you very much for your call and comment. As always, you are educational and informative. And uh, we know you'll be calling in whenever you decide you want to say something. Yes. Thank you very much for your call and comment. 
and that frees Thank up you. a line. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank, uh, Pierre, do we have another caller? Yes, uh, we have um, uh, Greg uh, on the line one. Uh. All right. Good morning, Greg. Good morning. Good morning. I, I just wanted to uh, chime in a little bit. I'm, you know, I'm not the smartest knife in the drawer, the sharpest knife. But I tell you, if you look at, and this is what I've been looking at, everything that you've been saying is good, right? But remember, I think the minimum the, the white uh, establishment has at least 50 years ahead of us. They didn't plan it out for their great, great grandchildren. Mm. They're not going to give you no money. Mm. They killed your leaders back in the 60s. And and uh, and I, I bring that up to say, you know, if you kill you kill the snake, the head, the body will follow. Mm-hmm. Okay. They always had their plan, that, that, that uh, really meant syndrome. Some people say that it's not true. Some people say that it's true. Mm-hmm. If they take you out or me out and um, and uh, in front of the whole uh, farm or, or um, plantation mm-hmm. and whip us right. and beat us, guess what's going to happen? We'll send a message. The mother's going to protect the boys. They're going to protect the boys, and they're going to let the girls not so much protect them. Because it's the boys that they knew, the black boys that they knew was the future. Mm-hmm. The white folks know that. The okay. white folks know that. The establishment. Mm-hmm. And look at what Bill Sanders is doing. He, that's what we have to do. We have to get the young folks in, uh, on board. Mm-hmm. And get them away from killing one another. Right. Okay. The drugs and all of that. Mm-hmm. And we get our, we get their minds back. Mm-hmm. Look at what Dion is doing. Mm-hmm. That's why they don't like him. Mm-hmm. Not because he's braggadocious. It's because he's a leader. He's successful. He's successful and a leader. And everybody, the, from Nick Saban and everybody else, they don't want him around because he's stealing players from them. And, and, and he's going he's gonna to wind up winning the national championship this year or next year, I guarantee you. First African-American coach. That's motive, that exactly. And they don't like that. Just mm-hmm. like they didn't like Martin Luther King. They didn't like anybody that speaks up or took off for black folks. Mm-hmm. That's why they're coming out of the woodworks for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yes, it's, it's obvious. Just like you on the radio. <laughs> Just like you on the radio. They're going to come after you. Oh. Barnett. They, they, they know Barnett been doing it for what, since the 80s? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can tell you that. He can tell you that better than I can. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And they will put another black to pit against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you talking about Steven or you talking about Uncle Ruckus? (laughs) (laughs) But but it's true though, Uncle Clarence. That's right. We have to have uh, leaders, and that's what they don't want. No, because they know in what twenty thirty twenty thirty five they they will not be the minority. And you think they're going to give you some economic power? No, they're not. Well, well, let's now, now let's let's. Let me let me let, let's dialogue for a second on that one. Um, African American people don't want to rule the world. We want to be free and happy. We don't have to rule the world. Uh, we we not we don't have to be Hitler or Stalin or Mao 
or Trump. <laughs> you know what I mean? We just want to be happy. Right. We want to be free. Right. We want to get along with right. everybody. Okay. Right. So what is wrong with that? After There's all? There's nothing wrong with it. Okay. It's, it's nothing wrong with it, right? Okay. There's nothing wrong. You, you're on point. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you see what the, the, the white establishments see, they see us as entertainers. They always seen us as that. Right. That, that says that we're happy. It's yeah, not, okay. I see your point. I see the context. I see the context. Not, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we saw them that we're happy. Ah, Okay. You know? Remember the song, uh, uh, um, Be Happy, uh, uh, All Day Long? I think it was, I forgot the name of the, the guy back in the 20s. Don't worry. But it was, uh, yeah, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Be Happy. And everybody loves that song, right? Uh-huh. How you gonna be happy and broke, man? Right, exactly. How you gonna be happy and somebody hating on you? It's the reason why they're hating on you. Okay. Because you're talented. You're smart. You're educated. And they know that. But let me ask you a question. Didn't they bring us over here against our will? We, we, I mean, they did. So, who's responsible for us being over here? Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, back up. Just, just, just go down the street. Just your next door neighbor, just a little bit. <laughs> it was black folks that sold you out. Well, now let's let's was, let's uh, let's was, drill a little deeper. Was, let's drill a little deeper. Let's drill a little deeper. African Americans sold them. Sold other African Americans to white people who then put them uh-huh. on ships, right? Yes, yes. So, the question Did the African Americans who sold them and put them on ships know that they were going to take them and make them slaves? No, they did not no. because they weren't told that. They did not. So, right. it's, it's, it's as if, do you remember the story of the island of Manhattan? Okay, let me bring you up to speed. Uh, okay. When the Europeans got to Manhattan, they said, oh, this is a great place. And then the Indians came through on their migratory circuit, and they said, hi. And then the Europeans said, hi. And the Indians said, how you doing? And the Europeans said, we'd like to buy this land. And the Indians said, the land belongs to everybody. We can't sell it. And the European says, here, here's some beads and here's some other stuff. And the Indian says, sure, thanks. And they moved on. So next year, they come back and there's a fence up. And they're saying, what are you doing? What is this? Oh, you sold us the land for those beads. And the Indian said, no, we didn't. Then all of a sudden, out come the muskets. So do you see my how you, how you tie those things in together? Exactly. Right, so European culture is land ownership and ownership. And so they came in and they said, well, let's buy these slaves from these black people, buy the, excuse me, buy these people from these other black people in exchange for whatever we give them. Uh-huh. And then we'll take them over here and uh-huh. make them our slaves. I don't think the exactly. Africans knew that they were, their people were being able to be abused and misused and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, for 400 years. I, 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 would, I would agree with you but there's one point you're missing. Go ahead. So you know this. Mm-hmm. Blacks had white folks in slavery first. And you're it's referencing? And, and it's documented over in Africa. And you slaves first. Okay, right? so you're okay, saying. So now, 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 what, what the white folks did, uh-huh. what the white folks did, 
the Europeans, they were sent away to uh, the Mount Caucasus, right? The, in, in Europe. They were sent away. It's a movie that's a documentary called Destroy All the Boots. Destroy uh, All the What? It's about what, All the Boots. Can you spell that last word? Destroy all the... Brutes, like like uh, B-R-U-T-E. Okay. Destroy all the brutes. Yes, look it up. I'm looking. And all America is about is weaponry. They, they, like you said, the musket, mm-hmm. America is all about weaponry. Okay. Selling weapons to destroy one another uh-huh. for the rich. This is all they're about. Okay. That's why you can go in the inner city, or uh, you used to, I don't know how they're doing it now, but you used to go in, a, uh, like, down off on second behind the, the project, and it would be trains stuck on, that, on, that, on the train track, open doors for weapons and drugs. Mm-hmm. Okay. In California, in, all, in, in Memphis, in all parts. And they are out to destroy black folks and... and, 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 and uh, they want to be in control. They want to be God. That's why the spirit. That's why the Bible says that beware of spirits in high places. That's not necessarily heaven. That's right here on earth. Okay. So you're fighting a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I guarantee you, Brother Barnett will tell you that you're fighting a spiritual battle. But it's not so much from um, the, you know. Um, um, like uh, Satan, or anything. it's it's his it's it's Satan children. You have God children and you have Satan children. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's in the Bible. All right, right. It's in the Bible. Okay, the times and the week. All right, that's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. He said they said, well, we we've planted a wheat, but times have grown up. And Jesus said, leave them alone, because in the end, I'm gonna do the separation. Okay. The white folks, they can do whatever they want to do, but guess what? We all going to have to face the judgment, but unless we get our young people, just like you, you was young, somebody got in your head. I can tell the way you talk. I, I heard you on um, a couple of weeks ago on uh, on the Joe Madison show. Mm-hmm. I said, see, how many, how many people, Don't know about uh, that well, it was Joe Madison, <laughs> um, it was, um, at, any, at any rate, at any rate, okay, okay. <laughs> you see, but how many black folks in Dallas, Texas, got to got, can get the Sirius XM channel? Not many. <laughs> and we only listen. They took away uh, K, uh, what was that? Uh, KKDA. They took away that. Uh, Channel in is the last thing, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. It's just thoughts. It's just thoughts from a truck driver. Well, that's not, <laughs> hey, I used to drive a truck, so I know truck driver thoughts are good thoughts. That's right. All right. That's right. Thank you for your call and comment. Yes, sir. And uh, don't Thank forget you. to call back in next week when you feel like it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, before we go to uh, our next caller, I wanted to bring up another situation. Um. I am retired on fixed income. And I use food stamps because I don't have any money. My check is small. And so I went to use my food stamps 
and I use them fine at the 99 cent store. And so I went to choir rehearsal. Stopped by the 99 cent store again on the way home and my pen wouldn't work. I said, hmm. So I just bought whatever I needed for a dollar and a half and went on home, went to sleep. Got up the next day and something said, check and see why your pen doesn't work. You know how you get that little angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder or whatever you want to call it. You seen those on those, on those cartoons? And so I I pulled up my online account and I said, what's going on here? When was my pen changed? And it says I spent my food stamp money at a store called Zoopy Zoopy Grocery <laughs> East W New York. Okay, it's time for a break. And I'm going to finish this point when I get back on KNOE 89.3 FM Dallas, the voice of the people. Yeah, what's up? It's I'm going to kick it with the line, y'all know. It's Yo, can I kick it like Here we go. And we're back. For more Church Information Open Forum. Originated by your host, the Reverend Marion Barnett Sr. And what I'm doing here is I'm trying to get my business card from Representative Vinton Jones. Uh, Representative, if you want to, you can just call in on uh, our 972-647-1893 line, and we would be more than happy to hear from you and your perspective as a state representative. So, Representative Jones, if you hear us, call in at 972-647-1893. Um, let's go back to what I was talking about, about my food stamp issue. Uh, my food stamp statement said that I left the 99 cent store uh, on Camp Wisdom. Then I went to choir rehearsal. Then when I went back to the 99 cent store on Live Oak, somebody had changed my pen. They withdrew $150 from my food stamp account and it went to Zoopy Zoopy One Grocery in New York, New York. So what it's saying is I left the 99 cent store in Duncanville Went to New York, spent $150 worth of food stamps, went to, went to choir rehearsal, then went back to the other uh, $0.99 cent store on Live Oak. And then that's when I discovered I didn't have any uh, food stamp money. Now, I wasn't born yesterday, so how in the heck could that happen? And then when I went to check on it at the food stamp office, they says, oh, uh, the pro fill out this form. But the program to refund people's food stamp money when it's stolen ended in August. And what's going on here? What turnip truck did I fall off of? How can I uh, do all this stuff instantaneously as if I can, you know, electronically, digitally beam myself up to New York and spend my food stamp money and beam myself down to Texas? Okay, and then how can I change? How can someone change my pen? How can I change my pen without my phone number and without, excuse me, without my uh, uh, date of birth and social security number. 
what's going on here with the state of Texas? And then the, the gentleman in the office says, oh, this, you're the third person that's come in and said that. It happened to them. And uh, uh, this is the worst kind of skullduggery. This is despicable, diabolical, low down. And you're preying on the most vulnerable people and you're taking food out of their mouth. So who's doing this? And uh, this is what the voice of the people is about, journalism. You, uh, uh, Whoa, am I supposed to say, oh, what do you mean the, the, the program to refund people's food stamps when they're, when they're stolen ended in August and in September all hell breaks loose. Uh, Pierre, who, who do, do we have uh, the representative? Yes, uh, Venton Jones uh, is on uh, line one. Uh, good morning, uh, Representative Jones. It's a pleasure to have you. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me this morning. Uh, we sure appreciate you calling in because you've shown that you have integrity. You did what you said you were going to do. Appreciate that. And uh, we just want some answers, some common sense answers to some tough questions. <laughs> Perhaps I should have <laughs> said it that way, but uh, unfortunately, if you were listening, this issue that I'm having with food stamps is a tough question, and you probably weren't privy to it because I wasn't privy to it until yesterday when it happened. Uh, did you hear what I said? If you're not, I'll bring you up to speed. Bring me up to speed. I was actually call I heard the first part, but I was actually calling in when you were saying the second part after the break. Okay. Uh, I went to use my food stamp card after I had used it earlier in the evening. All of a sudden, I don't have any food stamps. Where'd my $150 worth of food stamps go? And when I pull up my account uh, the next day in the morning and print it out here, it says I spent $150 at Zoopy Zoopy One Grocery, New York, New York, U.S. So that means I went from... Dallas, Texas to New York, spent my food stamps and got back to Dallas, Texas within an hour. Right. And the, the pen was changed. And when I went to the food stamp office, they said the only way you could change the pen is to have a social security number and the date of birth. And food stamps are not in the same network as your credit card. That's, it's, it's in within the state. You know what I'm saying? The state has control of that data. So, what's going on here? And then when they tell me that three other people came in with the same problem, then they tell me uh, the program to refund people's money for theft of food stamps by, I'm assuming this is some type of organized whatever, uh, that program ended. So, can you give me a... Uh, uh, a, some, uh, a response based on just what I just told you because I understand that you don't have any details. So just... Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, my first response to it is that, you know, this is one of my, my first times, you know, hearing about, you know, something like this happening, you know, with people's benefits. But I think it brings a, a, a real issue um, to, to something we really have to invest in, which is, you know, online security mm -hmm. and, and making sure that, you know, accounts you know, are, are protected because uh, whether you talk about credit cards or you talk about um, food stamp cards or any kind of thing that, you know, that exists within the, you know, electronic space, 
um, there's a need to, to protect those assets because um, hackers are, are, you know, getting into our systems more and more every day. So mm-hmm. I think that we really must make sure that we're, we're um, protecting, you know, our, our, our systems because that access to that information um, could mean, you know, someone losing, you know, much needed benefits at a very important time. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that we have to make sure to be able to, you know, to put those things back. So I want to, you know, definitely, you know, look into that and um, learn a little bit more about what's going on. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, your um, your concern. As an elected official, uh, you, you're calling in, and you, you, that shows that you are not afraid to answer questions about things that, you know, you were elected to represent uh, a constituency about. Uh, now, we, we talked before about the state budget, uh, and I asked you, I said, well, so much of that $38 billion surplus went for property tax relief. Where did the rest of it go? Mm-hmm. And you said that, well, it went X, Y, and Z, and you would be able to enlighten uh, our listening audience as to where that went. So are you prepared to uh, kind of do that however you want to do it? Yes, sir. Well, the floor is yours. And again, thank you for your uh, your character and your integrity. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I think, you know, first and foremost, um, thank you for you know the opportunity to be able to join your show this morning. Um, you know my my desire to to serve you know also exists as being you know a lifelong resident you know in Dallas and, and growing up in the Oak Cliff area. Um, mm. So this okay. work kind of hits home you know personally as um, it's not just me it's my family and you know in the community that I grew up in that I got a chance to to be able to serve. So um, it means a lot from that level to be able to. Um, to be in this place of service to to be able to get questions answered so that we can get the much needed help for our community. Thank you. So, looking at the the, the state budget this year, um, the way that our state budget is broken down is is the two-year budget. And so we just voted in the 88th legislative session, which went went from about January to May, um, to vote on our uh, 2024-2025 budget. Um, And that budget... Um, was about um, $321 billion. Okay. Um, And that's really broken down uh, into some key areas. Um, About $144 billion uh, in our general revenue fund. Um, That, you know, really the amount that the legislature votes to to, to really spend and allocate, and I'll talk about in just a minute. Um, There was about $6 billion. Um, in um, dedicated funds, um, there was about another 100 billion um, that came from federal funds. Mm. So um, federal funds coming down 100, about 100 billion, and then other funds um, were about 68 uh, billion. So that's about 321. So the amount that I'm going to focus on is the amount that um, we had the most input during the 88th legislative session, which was the general revenue funds of about $144 billion. Ouch. Uh, and so, of that $144 billion, um, the allocation process is kind of divided into um, several areas of state operations. Um you have the general government, uh, health and human services, uh, education, which includes public education and higher education, um, judiciary, 
uh, public safety, natural resources, um, business and economic development, uh, regulation and, and general provision. And, you know, again, that amount comes up to this, this 144. So getting to the question that you've asked about where are, are some of the highlights of um, the money the money spent, you're seeing the most of that um, $144 uh, billion in um, public education, uh, in higher education, uh, in health and human services. And I know that that amount sounds high in public education, um, but that also includes that $18 billion in property taxes. Um, that um, that we've been that we've been talking about and that we voted on um, during the second special session. So that property tax bill uh, was a bill um, that provided about eighteen billion dollars in property tax cuts, and what it provided um, was um, a change to the homestead exemption for homeowners. Right now, that's about forty thousand dollars. Uh, with this new bill, that moves that exemption up to $100,000. Um, and then if you are a senior um, or if you are someone who, are, who is disabled, that amount of uh, homestead exemption rises to $110,000. Okay. Uh, and so uh, that is legislation that we voted on. However, it is not law yet because we have several items that are on um, constitutional amendment votes just because of spending limits that need to be voted on in November uh, and coming up this year. So as we prepare for the 2024 election, we have some things we also need to vote on uh, in, in 2023 regarding um, some of these, um, these spending areas. Um, questions for, I'm still, I've said a lot. Uh, I have a couple of questions. So, um, since you mentioned that word, um, for instance, if there was it, it was dis, it was dispersed, it was disseminated on the news that there was a thirty-some odd billion dollars surplus. Can you explain first of all what does that mean? Absolutely. So when the budget, um, we, we started with our, our general purpose spending that did have a $33 billion um, surplus um, where we started the year. And so that was just the amount of money, access money we had over uh, from the last um, actual um, legislative uh, session and when the last budget was set. And so we had some of the most money that we have ever had in the state mm. um, to, to, to really be able to help uh, definitely towards property taxes. But I also think that we have an, a, a very important opportunity to be able to invest into our public schools right now mm -hmm. uh, for our teachers and giving our teachers much needed raises mm -hmm. uh, to be able to um, provide needed uh, cost of living increases uh, for retired teachers. Um, who are who are receiving uh, state resources uh, for, for for continuing to be able to to invest in in healthcare, in which we did a, a pretty good job uh, investing in mental health services because of that thirty three billion dollars surplus. One eleven point six billion is going to fund mental health services 
including um, $100 million that's going into a uh, mental health hospital that's going to be built in, in Dallas. Uh, and that's worked out from those appropriated amounts. Um, there's also uh, $1.8 billion that's going to provide state employee raises. Uh, there's a uh, piece of uh, allocated funding for $1.5 billion toward broadband expansion. Uh, that's another area that has to be voted on and the constitutional um, amendment in which I can actually um, send you, um, the, you know, all those amendments that are going to going to be voted on. But that broadband expansion is, is really important, especially, you know, in urban centers and places like South Dallas, where it's even hard to get a cell phone um, signal, much less, you know, mm-hmm. high speed Internet um, signals. And so that broadband expansion um those resources are, are very important. Um, there was also a number of resources that, that went to um, our, our community colleges, such as, you know, Dallas College to provide, you know, more resources uh, and, and, and funding to, to their work as well. So I think that for this um, this, this budget, um, there was a lot of things that, that we definitely did, did, you know, put a lot of resources in, which the majority of those resources, the majority of that $33 billion surplus, you know, going into property taxes, um, you know, was was pretty good. I hope that with this next special session that we have coming up in October, um, that we utilize the rest of those resources um, to really support, you know, and and invest in our public schools right now and making sure that we see um, an investment in, in, in our children right now. Because in places like South Oak Cliff or, or, or Kingston, when we've invested in those schools, there was an immediate return on academic investment. There was an immediate return on extracurricular performance when mm. we invested in those schools. And imagine if we put those extra resources into the rest of our schools across the city of Dallas, um, what that would do to, to our students' performance. Yes, excellent. Um, since we're talking about uh, schools, I was kind of shocked when they said that uh, the mandate to have a armed security person at each school was only funded with but ten thousand dollars, but it costs sixty thousand dollars a year to have that person. Uh, can you comment on that? Yeah, that was a bill that um, I actually uh, voted against, and this. Um, the, the budget itself provided about $1.4 billion uh, in resources to grants and districts and charter schools um, to, to fund security officers. And across all of our different schools, you're right, that averaged to about um, ten to $15,000 per school, uh, per school district, which is definitely not enough. And, and we're seeing in the implementation of that law um, the challenges that were raised um, by many in the House when these bills uh, were, were, were being pushed forward. I think instead of, you know, trying to get armed, you know, guards at our, at our schools, we need to be using those resources um, for, you know, just to support the, the need for more background checks, um, the, the need for, for, for making sure that we're, we're taking guns off the streets instead of putting more guns, you know, onto the streets. Um, that we're, we're not putting, you know, we're not still putting weapons in the hands uh, of those who, who who do not need weapons. And so uh, I think that this was this was definitely something that we're we're we're, we're seeing uh, that should not been have, have been supported 
uh, and that we're seeing some very clear issues with the implementation of it. All right, uh, Representative, just hold on just a second. We need to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with more Church Information Open Forum on KNON 89.3 FM or KNON.org. Yeah, what's up? I'm gonna kick it with the money, y'all know. Here we go. Well, it's time. And we're back. And it's 8.42. So this will probably be our last segment uh, for this hour. Um, Representative Jones, uh, before you finish your thought, we have a caller who wants to ask you some a question. Would you be able to see if you can respond? Yes. All right, this Chuck. Hello. Thanks for coming on. All right. I've been waiting to get doing some off long from this area. Hey, couple things. Do you realize you talk about the mental health that you guys are giving to? Do you realize Texas was ranked out of what fifty-two states? We were ranked at the top, at the bottom, as far as as, as funding for mental health. Did you realize that? Yes, and there's actually, as I mentioned before, there's there's some more resources we need to invest in in, in mental in mental health services. So, do you realize uh, that government Abbott? Okay, government Abbott has taken nothing but from mental health. And now, when I drive through the the streets of East Dallas, Oak Cliff, I see the I see the shortcomings, the the funny that had has not been in mental health. You see it on the street. You see it every day. We should never get to this point. To where we're at now, for its mental health. Second of all, and I'm gonna let you guys go. Second of all, man, we work for we have one of the great worst racist governors in the history of Texas. And Texas is a bad state. Now that's talking back for slavery and uh, going back. Governor Abbott ranks at the very top of those guys, as far as governor being racist. <laughs> Does he even consider you guys? Does he even consider you guys and considering Royce Wynn, chairman out of my area here? Did he even consider you guys before he makes stupid comments and do things such as the border? Now, we get a billion people to the border. When they come up our skin color, dark like this, from Haiti, we run them back on parsons. We take them back. We ship them back. They can't come over. But it's okay for the brown skin to come over, but the dark skin can't come over. What about this? Does this guy even consider you guys? Does he even get to make advice from, from West or from Sherman or from yourself? Does he even stick in the fight? Go ahead. Well, I I think that a lot of these issues that that we talk about, you know, are, are are super politicized, especially when we're talking about border security, when the state shouldn't even be uh, involved in um, in that. Is that something that you know is is a federal issue? And I I think we're seeing that you know playing out in in the courts right now. Absolutely. Um, I, the issues that you know. I, I went, you know, to, to, to fight in, in, in this in this body, um, saving, you know, our communities right now, where we're seeing our communities change rapidly, but, you know, we, we continue to get displaced out of our communities, like improving our, our public health and funding, you know, to public health, which, you know, this is, you know, this is a piece of, of that, but there's definitely a lot of work that needs to be done. And what I hope that as we go into this next election season, that everybody gets to a point of, um, 
uh, of getting fed up with, with having bad leadership and, mm-hmm. and make sure that they come out and vote. And, and that's one of the only things that we can do uh, to make sure that ultimately we have the majority in the House, we have the majority in the Senate, we have the right state leaders that, that are going to be voting on the side of, uh, of the people. And that's going to be some important work we're going to have to engage in. And, and move towards as you know as we talk about this upcoming election because that's what's going to change it. Uh, and uh, in addition to that, uh, Representative, uh, I saw did some research and I saw where there are actually more registered Democrats in Texas than there are Republicans. That's right. And, and so if we get those people that are in South Dallas, that are in East Dallas, that are in West Dallas, and all these places that you're talking about, just to come out and vote, mm-hmm. we can change these elections. Right. All right. Thank you for your thank you for your call and comment. Uh, now, where were we, uh, Representative? You were making a comment on something uh, previous to uh, t- we taking that caller. It was related to the budget. We were talking about this uh, as a as a uh, I'll recharacterize it underfunded mandate to pay for uh, security officers in a school. Uh, you know, we were all uh, just bent out of shape completely about the Uvalde uh, disaster uh, and the response. And so, uh, you know, from a sideways look at it, maybe it would be a good idea to have a security officer at every school. But if you don't give the school enough money to pay the guy, how how are we going to have a security officer at every school when you have a billion dollar multi-billion dollar surplus wouldn't wouldn't it seem like some of that money should go to that what do you think about that well ultimately i think the answer to 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 part of this question is not just putting like guns and i mean and more guns in schools we got to address the bigger issue around gun violence in our state and in our country right now Mm -hmm. because we continue to see violence um, in places that are supposed to be safe for us, that we're supposed to go to enjoy, that we're supposed to go learn, that mm-hmm. we're supposed to go, um, go, go, go be, you know, go, go express our faith. Right, and, be safe. And those mm-hmm. places are, are not safe mm-hmm. um, right now, and we have to make sure that we are investing and in, in needed um, opportunities to to increase, you know, background checks for mm-hmm. those individuals to make sure that we're not putting. Um, weapons in the hands of, of those individuals who, who do not need those things. We need to be investing in those um, buildings to be able to get the needed infrastructure to to you know to protect themselves, locks on doors and, and things like that, and, and, and being able to invest in, in, in their in their infrastructure. This bill itself, um, one as we stated, was not enough um, to be able to to, to fund officers. Uh, across the state being in each one of the schools in our school district. Um, and ultimately, that's not going to be the answer because even then, um, one officer uh, can't supply the needs or, or secure the entire perimeter of, of an entire school, especially if that's a, a large school. Mm. Um, so, again, we need some more common common sense solutions, and I wish we spent um, more time on, on, on working on those things. Um, because there were so many people, that, and even as we we had gun violence during the legislative session, there were so many things that we that we could have done, and there was you know some lost opportunity um, because of this this safety priority. Okay, uh, do we have another call up here? Uh, right now, we still have uh, Chuck, and we also have concerned citizen on uh, line three who would like to ask a question. 
Okay, let's try to get the concerned citizen in here and see what uh, that person okay. would like to say. Hello, concerned citizen? Grand Rising, to both of you gentlemen, uh, listen, uh, first of all, I've been holding a long time, but I understand you guys got a show. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, I want to ask, uh, earlier from the um, uh, few callers uh, ago, uh, what, well, Leon, let me first say, we uh, will be praying for you so you can get your food stamps back on your car. We hope that, that that works out for you, sir. Me too. You definitely need to eat. <laughs> and number two, I want to ask you about the barrister, you know, this guy that calls in every week. Do, what kind of attorney is he? Do you know if he's an actual attorney or not? Oh, absolutely. Not, not to be, not to throw any, any dispersions on him or whatever, but he calls in, talks about probate court sometimes, then he talks about law. And, and just want to know, do you know what what kind of attorney is he? Hold on, just a second. I'm going to look up. It's Robinson and something else, and I can't remember. Okay, but, 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 but while we're doing it for the sake of time, I do have a question for the uh, state representative. Two okay. Of First and foremost, I like for you to introduce yourself to the audience because I'm oblivious to who you are. Don't know what vacancy you took up, but there is some. Uh, uh, folks that's been down forever in a day and I know who those people are but I don't know who you are as a state rep so I would appreciate it if you would introduce yourself to us and let us know what area you encompass and uh, the other question I have for you is are you aware of that all of our state prisons have been locked down for quite some time now due to the entry of drugs and violence how is this happening in our prisons how is these drugs entering into our prisons to where uh, the state can't stop these drugs from coming in and God, I know the criminals are not breaking out, bringing these drugs in. What do you guys plan to do about that? So I'll, I'll listen to that. And it's uh, Robinson and Hoskins, LLP. Okay. And what kind of, what kind of attorney is he? Um, I'm thinking real estate or I'm not a law person. I'm a computer person. But if you look up okay. uh, uh, Robinson and Hoskins, uh, 400 Zane Boulevard, and you look that up, you Google it up, and then you can call them and you can ask them. Okay, I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Go ahead, uh, Representative. All right, thank you. Um, so just just real brief about me um, in, in my district. I represent House District 100. Um, that was formerly uh, occupied by uh, now Congresswoman Jasmine Crockett uh, in House District 100, uh, formerly occupied uh, by uh, Lorraine Barabill, um, Mayor Eric Johnson, as well as Terry Hodge uh, in House District 100. And that's parts of West Dallas, uh, East Dallas, uh, South Dallas, uh, and um, parts of Buckner Terrace and up to Fer- Ferguson Road as well. Uh, for me, I'm a person that was born and raised in, in the district in Oak Cliff by the, by the Dallas Zoo, and I've worked the last 20 years uh, in the healthcare policy area in both Dallas as well as uh, spent 10 years in Washington, D.C. And in about 2019, I moved back down uh, to Dallas to help take care of my family and also bring a lot of the information um, that I learned in the policy space um, and in health policy space. Uh, to help my community. Uh, and so I moved back, literally moved back 
in the house across the street from the house I grew up in uh, to start that work. And so back in 2019, I got involved as a precinct chair in the Democratic Party, as an election judge at Harold Ludd Elementary, uh, and continued to, to run my uh, nonprofit, which is the Southern Black Policy and Advocacy Network. Um, once this seat became open, I ended up uh, running for this seat um, because I wanted to address um, some areas that I thought that had been uh, ignored in House District 100 for our communities, the need for more health care services, the need for more resources in our streets, the need to invest in our schools, definitely the need to you know invest in our health care because we can't make our communities healthy until we invest in those things. And so uh, when this seat became available, I felt that it was important for somebody who was actually from the community. When I jumped into this race in 2021, um, there was no one running um, that actually was actually born and raised in the community. Uh, and I thought that was very important to be able to have that on top of my healthcare policy experience uh, was something that, you know, really prepared me to be able to, to serve in this role. And so um, that's a bit about, you know, my background. Um, I haven't been running for office all my life. This was actually my first time running for office, but definitely not my first time, you know, being involved with policy not only in Dallas, but also in the state of Texas and also Washington, uh, D.C. And I wanted to bring that experience back to do something uh, in the area that I was raised in because, you know, my grandmother taught me to, to take my experience and be able to bring that back home. That's what I did when I ran for this office. All right, uh, Representative, uh, let's take another caller. Uh, and who do we have, Pierre? Uh, we have uh, Junior on uh, line two. Junior? Yes. All right, go ahead, Junior. You're talking to a representative. Good morning. In the spirit of mental health, there is a mental health and wellness walk today in DeSoto at Ziegler Park. It's a um, Omega Psi opportunity in Clifford. Do you put it on? No, Starts at 10 a.m. Okay, can you repeat that one more time for us and slow down just a little bit? Sure, sure, sure. There is a mental and wellness, mental and wellness walk today in DeSoto at Ziegler Park. Starts at 10.30 a.m. Uh, it's a 1K walk. We're asking everyone to come out, participate in the walk. This is, we, we do need to discuss and talk about the mental health in our community. It is still taboo for whatever reasons. So the fraternity of Omega Psi fraternity is putting it on, in particular the Ada Lambda Lambda chapter. So we're asking everyone to come out to Ziegler Park in DeSoto. You get up by 10 a.m., the walk starts at 10.30 a.m. sharp. Again, Ziegler Park in DeSoto. All right. Thank you very much for that announcement. Uh, and uh, we've got four minutes left, so uh, we can start wrapping this up. First of all, I'd like to say again, thank you very much for calling uh, Representative Jones because you have shown what young leadership can do for our community. And we appreciate you calling in. We appreciate you being able to take questions. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again. And so, does there anything that you want to say because we've got four minutes left uh, to wrap things up? Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, thank you again for, for having me. And, um, when I ran for this office, um, I made a long-term, you know, commitment uh, to, to be able to, to serve in this seat. So I want to make sure that um, as I grow in this position that I continue to take, you know, community with, with me in this position so that we can make sure that we're getting the best needs for uh, people in the southern sector of Dallas. 
Um, there's a couple of things that are that are going on as far as in our office. We have a town hall meeting uh, next Wednesday, September the 20th at 6.30. That's going to be a, um, a recap of the 88th legislative session, as well as a focused conversation on the upcoming special session on school vouchers uh, that is coming up in, in Austin. Uh, we're going to be opening up our, our district office Very actually at the Fair Park. Um, Great. And that's going to be opening up um, that last week before the fair um, starts um, to be able to continue to serve constituents' needs. Hmm. Uh, and, um, Fantastic. We're going to definitely keep you updated you know, on those things. And just again, thank, thank you, you. Uh, for having me. And I'm definitely going to be back. Well, thank you very much for calling. And we wish that we could get uh, more of our elected representatives to call in and talk to the people. Uh, we are the voice of the people. And so uh, we just look forward to talking to you again in the not-too-distant future as you can give us your updates, as you just said, on uh, legislative uh, initiatives and agendas at the State House. So again, thank you very much. You're an excellent example of young African-American male leadership and what uh, we're capable of doing. And again, we look forward to talking to you in the future. Have a good weekend. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we've got two minutes left. So, again, we want everybody to send in their cards to the station for Reverend Barnett because he want, he needs to see that everybody appreciates him for what he does for the community. And I'm trying to pull up the address of the station uh, give me a second here. And let's see. Uh, give me just a second. I'm trying to get this address up. And uh, send the cards to the Reverend Marion Barnett Sr., care of K N O N, 13154 Coit Road, Suite 200, Dallas, Texas, 75240. That's 13154 Coit Road, Suite 200, Dallas, Texas, 75240. And we're going to get out of the way now because it's time for the workers' beat. And I see Gene and Bonnie this time. So thanks for listening and tune in again next week for the most powerful show on the radio, Church Information and Open Forum here on KNON 89.3 FM or KNON.org, The Voice of the People. Thank you.